Hello and welcome back to the Orgill Castle podcast. In this episode, the politics of local life prove to be just as challenging as those of running a busy hotel. Don't forget to share the podcast with anyone you feel will enjoy these stories from this very English castle. If you have ever wondered about the absurdity of Westminster politics and thought that nothing could be more ridiculous, you have never entered a class at the County Agricultural Show. August is prime season for the Agricultural Show in Cumbria. There are the big shows such as the Westmoreland, the Cumberland and the smaller shows like Penrith and Appleby, but the really serious business goes on at the individual village shows. Our gardener, a lovely, gentle and eminently respectable man, has never lived down his triumph as champion gurner at the Caber show just down the road. His mistake, of course, being to allow a photographer to take his picture for the local newspaper while performing his best hideous grimace. Our own show is the Bruff Show on the third Thursday of August each year. It takes place just two fields away and we feel honour bound to enter a few classes each year as I have been Vice President of the show in the past. The format is much the same each year, and while the very serious business of sheep showing is the real reason for the event's existence at all, the goings-on in the craft and industry tent are no less fiercely competed. In previous years, we've entered various classes in the names of the children and then spent several frantic evenings during what is already our busiest month of the year, creating edible monsters last year disqualified because raw onions are apparently not edible and nobody had heard of the chorizo that makes up the legs. A scale model of the entire Eden project on a nine-inch biscuit tin lid, a novelty knitted egg cosy theme Doctor Who, and a flower arrangement of two lilies and a daisy and half a grapefruit. We've happily done this for the chance to see the children's delighted faces at being presented with the certificate and a little brown envelope containing up to 30 pence, which, of course, goes to do- towards defraying expenses. But the children are now older and have wised up to the fact that the real prize money is in the livestock tent or on the showground. So this year they are showing Holly, our 11-year-old black lab. She's in the vintage bitch class and we are breathless with anticipation at who else might be showing. Mentally, I make a list of likely contenders, but sadly it turns out to just be a lot of other dogs. Emily is showing our cockerel, Keith, but has had to forfeit her place for Orville the Duck because after 48 hours of trying, we've given up trying to catch her. Molly the guinea pig is a contender, and for good measure we've entered a wild card in the random bantam, or some similarly named category. Feeling relieved that this year involves less making and doing in the names of the children, Wendy decides to try her hand at some adult classes and enters a Victoria sponge, a photograph entitled A Study of Childhood, a flower arrangement of assorted colours of sweet peas in a Wellington boot, and a loaf of bread. All entries are to be in the relevant tents by 8.30 and Wendy's hopes are pinned on the Victoria sponge, working on the premise that it's all all in the presentation. She has gone to town with whipped cream, lashings of raspberry jam, icing sugar and a fancy glass cake stand. There's even a tiny posy of white flowers on top. 
As she enters the cake tent and sees the other entries, she's further buoyed and feels sure of a prize as every other cake is lying forlorn and forgotten on paper plates with no more than a millimetre of jam between two halves. The rest of our entries are duly positioned. Due to a lack of time, we delegated the bread to Faye, one of our staff who confesses to be not very good at baking, but is game on to have a go. The animals deposited we plan to return at lunch once the judging is complete, with Holly prepped for the afternoon dog show. At one o'clock we're back. Wendy is in high spirits, sure she has triumphed with her Victoria sponge. We make first for the animals to find Keith has a third prize. Molly has come nowhere, but the random bantam has got a first prize rosette. It turns out that Keith would have done better had we familiarised ourselves with the accepted protocol that fowl in shows are washed and blow-dried the day before. We'd just about managed to wash the mud off his feet. Wendy has gone ahead to check her entries, choosing not to linger in a tent filled with caged birds, rabbits and various domesticated rodents. We're a rosette, a certificate and £1.30 up on the day so far as we head for the produce tent. But as we enter, dark clouds have gathered. Wendy's Victoria sponge has won nothing and she is spitting feathers. Apparently she overheard two of the judges reviewing their decision and one said to the other, well it's not so much of a cake as a gâteau. The winning cake is indistinguishable from the other entries and all are an unappetising shadow of Wendy's entry. I say that lessons may be learnt for next year, but it's not a suggestion met with much approval. She is further enraged to discover that Faye's bread has won first prize. To add insult to injury, the judges have clearly missed the telltale hole in the bottom of the loaf made by the bread maker paddle. The winning photo in the study of childhood class is a snap of a singularly unphotogenic child on the beach who is mercifully blurred whilst the comely blonde lying some ten feet behind is in pin-sharp focus. Below the faces of our own angelic duo is some positive criticism for next year, which we choose not to take on board. To top it all, Wendy's flower arrangement has been disqualified as she used a ceramic Wellington boot-shaped vase, whilst the unwritten entry criteria had clearly called for a real boot. Other entries had arranged flowers in holes in the boot, which we feel is a terrible waste of a perfectly good pair of wellies, when the prize money won't go anywhere near the cost of a replacement pair. I sense the need to get everyone out of the tent, and suggest we go next door where tea is being served. There, I ask anyone if they would like cake with their tea. Cake! exclaims Wendy. I wouldn't eat their cakes if I was starving. Uh, flapjack then? My alternative suggestion fails to lighten the mood. Our one hope of family salvation is going to be Holly in the show ring, as the tannoy announces. Would all vintage bitches please proceed to the centre of the field to be put through their paces? Oh, if only, I imagine. Holly disgraces herself in the retrieving section by running out of the ring and consuming a discarded burger by the refreshment van rather than retrieving the prescribed luridly coloured beanbag. Later in the proceedings we try to switch dogs but we're unsuccessful. Wendy has already left the show and I too decide enough is enough, confident there is little point hanging on for the dog show prize giving. 
but we'll be back next year on safer ground as I spy the entries in the classic vehicle rally which comprise of a 40-year-old tractor and a Morris Minor. Surely our splendid bright red 1967 MGB Roadster is in with a chance, especially if Wendy agrees to take the wheel scoffing slices of her excellent Victoria sponge. Thanks for listening to the Orgill Castle podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at stayinacastle.com to see more of the castle and of course to book a room, dinner, afternoon tea or even the whole place. And you can email us with a book order to office at stayinacastle.com. Please also do share this podcast with anyone you feel will enjoy the nonsense. <laughs>